Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Karen Gibnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, how do we choose? So we've talked before on the show about decision-making, and we will almost certainly talk more about it in the future because actually making decisions as a group, I think is one of the hardest things that a group can do. Uh, in part because we don't necessarily think a whole lot about what are the factors at play when we wanna make a decision as a group? Um, and what are the things that we need to take into account as we're doing it? We often seem to act like, well, if we each just make our own individual decision and then we add those decisions up, if we sum them together in some way, that will lead to the right decision for the group. And uh, our experience is that that's not actually true. And so we want to explore a little bit today when, when we need to make a choice um, as a group, what are some pitfalls that we occasionally fall into? And what are things that are actually useful for us to consider as a group when we're getting to this question of, of how do we choose and what are we going to choose? What are we going to actually do? Yeah, I, I think we may start even worse off than, than stating our individual preferences. I think often we start with, well, if we give everybody a chance to say what they think, and then we'll decide without even acknowledging, are we in the individual preference realm or are we in the community mindset realm? Um, and I think various groups, like there are cultures, you know, often I think in the corporate culture, people are very sort of individual minded, you know, looking out for themselves in that ladder climbing kind of way. I think that can be part of a corporate culture. It doesn't have to be. We hope it's not, but it can be. Um, but the flip side is I think if you get to a committed consensus group, you often are in a culture where at least the language, at least the, the visible value is that only the community voice matters. You're, you're only ever supposed to say what you think is best for the community and the individual needs don't have voice or, or shouldn't. Um, I, I will say, I, I don't know of any groups that are actually good at making that happen, but there's sort of a shaming thing if you're just speaking your own which means that people then take their individual preferences and and dress them up in community preference clothing <laughs> and present them as though they're, they're that. So what I'm hoping we'll explore today is how we can get explicit about when we're giving individual preference type input and when we're giving what I think is best for the community type input because we need both. So how do we do that without getting it all muddled up. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that, that um, the first step of that is just recognizing that we need to tease those two apart, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about kind of individual perspective and, and, and group perspective, I mean, for me, what that really means is the individual perspective is here's what I would pick. Here's what I would prefer, often based on what's easier for me, what do I like better, what's my preference from, from my perspective, what, what makes the most sense. Um, uh, and it's, and, and, and how am, if we're making a decision, what's going to impact me? Like, do I like the result from that? Is that good for me or not? Do I, am I thrilled by it? Am I eh with it? Like all of those things are kind of going on. And that's different than, do I think that this is the best decision for the group? Like if I think about us collectively, 
do I, and our collective goals and our shared goals, do I think that that's going to move this forward in the best way? Um, the One of the things we've talked before on the show about this, that uh, one of the lenses that I bring to thinking about working together effectively as a group is, am I able to see and understand and hold both my individual viewpoint and the sort of collective viewpoint, my individual goals, the things that I'm trying to, to do and move forward with in my life or in my work, and also the, the group's goals, and be able to hold those not as fully separate, but to see the interconnections between them, but at the same time, not, a, not conflate the two and think that, okay, they're absolutely one and the same. I think being able to observe both of them and hold them both in tension, notice where they're complementary, notice where they're, where they're non-identical. I think that's the sort of first step is for me individually to tease apart when I'm, when I am speaking, when I'm expressing something, am I expressing that from my individual perspective, which is super valid? And also, am I, or also am I perspective, uh, speaking from the, from the group perspective? Because I think that it is rare that I have worked with a group that gives mechanisms and creates room for both of those things to get expressed. And I think that's actually super useful. Mm -hmm. and, and I do think that making space for each of them separately really matters. And in general, I'm going to be on the a fan of the individual preferences piece first. And, and the reason for that is that the individual preferences are what tell you I mean, they feed what's best for the group. So, at, you know, if we haven't talked yet, I, I hopefully, hopefully I've done some thinking and I know what my, my individual preferences are. But if we haven't talked, I don't know what anybody else's are. Mm -hmm. And so how can I know what's useful for the group? And another way that I think we can think about that is not just as individual preferences, but individual impacts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to imagine a decision that's going to make one person's work bigger and another person's work smaller, or that's going to make one person's work, you know, more complicated, or, mm -hmm. you know, or, or frankly, impossible, right? Like, it, it's going to have different impacts, both for personality reasons, and for job description reasons, you know, like for all those things. And the likelihood is that the person who knows the most about the impact that it's going to have on them is the person. Like I can make some guesses about how things would impact others. And, and hopefully as we work in a team, I get kind of good at that. But, but at the end of the day, if we haven't asked the person who's going to be impacted, how is this decision going to impact you? Then I, then we can't take that into account. Mm -hmm. And the impact on each individual is extremely important to knowing the value for the, for the collective group. So the idea that we can get to what's best for the community without knowing the impacts and preferences because mm -hmm. they're related of the individuals, um, I think is short-sighted. So we wanna make sure that we make space for that. Think about you, <laughs> think mm -hmm. about what's this going to mean for you? And you don't have to dress it up in language about, you know, well, well if it was really okay with everybody else, then what I would just love to have, like, you don't have to do that. You can just really click like, this is the moment where all we're interested in is what's this going to mean to you? And, mm -hmm. and then you can share that is a really good starting point. 
and and then making space for and letting people know there's going to be space for once we know what it's going to mean to each individual then we're going to talk about what works for the group mm -hmm. and i think a useful way of um framing that is that that expressing of individual preferences and impacts is about sharing information right it's not it's not voting right it's actually hey, one of the things we'd like to do in order to enable a good decision is create a clearer picture of what the impacts of this decision are gonna be on people and also what people, how they feel about it and what their preferences are. And this is purely for the purposes of sharing information, right? That, that it's about me becoming more aware of how you would prefer this thing and why, mm -hmm. and you becoming more uh, aware of the fact that I would prefer this other thing and why, because now we, we're now both working with more information. So I, I think the problem that I see a lot in groups is that they, they, they want to do that, but they want to do it purely as some sort of poll, right? Or, or even worse, they call it a vote, but it's not actually binding in any particular way. Um, uh, and what happens is, is that it, it adds only minimal information to the to the collective right we know and and even you know the 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 rough version of this right is just great we have three choices everybody uh which one would you prefer one two or three right and so everybody you know if you prefer if you one is your if one is your preference then raise your hand all right now if two is your preference and you can't vote for more than one right so we just get a strict sense of the you know three quarters of the people prefer number one uh, someone prefers number two and, and the rest of the people prefer number three. Great. That tells us something, but it doesn't give us enough information to make a good decision because we don't know the strength of those preferences. We don't know uh, the strength of the anti-preference. We don't know the reasons for any of those things. Um, and so what I try to do when I work with groups is I want to create space for those preferences to get expressed, but then explored and more information being made available to the group through more effective means because then that allows us to actually make a better decision mm -hmm. yeah i i agree with all of that and i want to say i think depending on the size of the group there can be a real value in using polls and using voting type mechanisms particularly if we can configure them to give us more of the information that you were talking about so if you know if we replace that which one are you voting for raise your hand with a poll for each one where you know you can use a scale or it can be i love it i like it please don't do that and those are the choices and you can even have some fun with it um but where you're getting a little more data and then you can potentially follow that up by okay so the people who really don't like it let, let's hear from three of them what's going on with that mm -hmm. okay is there any reason that we didn't get these are ways that you could be way more efficient about your info gathering and and also then keep people attentive and you know kind of keep things rolling so we absolutely i think want the the types of information that you're aiming for you know what are the reasons and what are the explanations but we may not need those reasons and explanations from each individual and we may want to be organized or you know use some mechanisms that look a lot like voting <laughs> that are an awful lot like a vote or a poll um, that just get it started or that 
I mean, spectrums are another one that we can use where people sort of put where they are on a, a scale. Mm -hmm. And if we have, as a facilitator, if we have a guess going in what the likely, you know, area, you know, that's likely to be better along these axes, then we can set up some things around that too. So I think we can use mechanisms. It doesn't have to be discussing forever. But if we can use those mechanisms with the frame, if you, you don't just vote for the one you like or the one you think we should do, or we don't even know which the vote is, like be clear. Right now, this vote, this poll is for your individual preferences. And I would put one more flag in here, which is if the decision you're making is likely to impact people who aren't in the room for any reason. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe they're gonna, you know, employees who will join us later or community members who will move in later or kids because they don't come to meetings or whoever it is, or there's somebody's just absent. Um, having someone kind of stand in for that population or that person, what impact do we think this decision would have on them as part of that naming of individual preferences can also be super handy. So individual preferences of who's in the room and best guesses of impacts on people who aren't. Yeah, I think there's a whole, probably at least a whole episode in here about how do we make sure that the perspectives that are not in the room are being brought in uh, when we are making decisions that will affect people that that don't have a say in it. Um, I, I think, yeah, there's a there's a whole set of things in there. I think it's complicated enough, even when it's just we're making the decisions that are going to affect just us. Um, and it, one thing that I'll and I I 100 percent agree with you around mechanisms to actually gather this information effectively and quickly. And the fact that we want to hear all the voices, but that doesn't mean we need to hear from all the people. And so being able to say, like, let's hear from two or three. Great. Is there anything else that didn't get said that right. wants to be added to that? Is there anything missing from what we have heard? Um, I think is a really useful way of, of gathering that. Because right? you do want, there are ways of doing this relatively efficiently and quickly. And, and as we, um, and we've kind of talked about some of them. One of the pieces that I want to add to this, and we may have talked about this before, but it's kind of been a, a shift uh, in my thinking recently around group decision making is at the very least, what I want to make everyone aware of is um, the, what things people are willing to accept. And, and it's not just that I'll tolerate it and resent it, right? It's right. That's because what I, it, one of the ways that I tend to think about this from my individual perspective is like, I've got option A, option B and option C, right? And I'm looking at these things and I'm going, option A is totally what I would pick because that's gonna be super convenient for me. I really like that. Like it, it's just kind of what I'm doing already. It's super great, right? Option C or option B, uh, I, I no, I'm a hard no on that one. I'm not willing to live with it because there's problems. These are the impacts that it's going to have on me right now. And from where I'm at right now, I'm not going to go with that. Option C, option C isn't the one that I would pick, but I am willing to live with it. It's going to be some additional work on my part. But if what I notice in the ensuing discussion is that everybody else loves option C and, and I may be willing to then go, okay, I can work with that, right? I'm not going to pick option B, right? Everybody may love option B and I'm going to go, hold on, right? But option C is the one where I'm going, I'm willing. 
I'm not going to resent people for choosing that one. It's not what I would pick, but because I may notice, hey, this really helps a lot of other people in the group and it doesn't inconvenience me that much. I'm willing to do it. And so I, I think having a way for people to express not only what their preference is, but what their willingness is, I think is one of the things that makes that eventual group decision making much easier. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, where, where that shift is, like, how hard is the hard no on option B? Like, we want to encourage everybody to get to the place where we can think about what's going to make the group work, because the group work is important to me. Having mm -hmm. the group work is one of my individual goals. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just that, yes, there are things that are a hard no, but it's probably a really small set. If in fact, the rest of the group, having heard how difficult it's going to be for me, still thinks that's the best thing, mm -hmm. th then I got to get really interested in like, what are my resistances to it? And, mm -hmm. and this is the piece about making the shift okay we've explored mm -hmm. the individual preferences and the individual impacts and then how do we help all of us as a group really shift over into big picture thinking mm -hmm. that this is not about any longer me voting for the thing that i want or that i like or that i think would be best for me this is about looking at what is our mission as a group what are our goals as a group what are you know one of which is to meet the needs of everyone in the group as best we can. And, and often there's an element of that that's, you know, how much am I willing to stretch or am I willing to sacrifice something mm -hmm. for the success of the group? I'm, I'm calling to mind a Star Trek episode in which they were doing officer training. And there was this scenario that they keep simulation that they kept putting people through and and they failed it and failed it and failed it and failed it and it turned out that the only way that that the the enterprise didn't die or whatever it was was for the captain to send a crew member to their death mm -hmm. and and that a good officer a good leader in that frame would be able to in that moment figure out that what's right for the group is to sacrifice a person and we hope it never gets that dramatic or that serious. But I think that frame of not, you know, that I have to give up all of my value or dignity or anything, but that there may be a thing that in order for me to be as part of the group that I want to be part of, in order for that group to continue existing, in order for that group to do the thing that we're trying to do together, I may have to live with something I don't like very much. Mm -hmm. I may have to live with something that's really hard for me. And it's not that I'm less important than other members of the group. It's that the success of the group is more important even to me than the thing I have to give up to make the group successful. And so I think really paying attention to how do we help the group shift into that what's going to be best for the group mm -hmm. kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I try to do around that, right, is that if we treat that expression of individual preferences and willingnesses as data and go, great, now we've all, now we're all working with the same data, right? We've now made that transparent. And then what I will often do is ask people collectively to make sense of that data. You're like, what do you notice from that? Like we just, we have all this and oftentimes someone will name the super obvious thing. Well, it really seems like X, Y, and it seems like, you know, 
there are some people who really prefer this thing, uh, but that also is a very polarizing choice because there's a lot of people who really hate that thing. And so maybe it makes sense, but there's this other option where maybe it makes sense where, yeah, not as many people love it, but everybody's willing to live with it. And there are enough people who love it that, that I think maybe that's the sustainable solution for us as a group, right? And, and oftentimes, as soon as somebody names that, you just see everybody else in the group, including the people where that was not their first choice, start to go, right? And that gets to the thing you were talking about, how they go, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to make that sacrifice because I can see that this is a more durable, a long-term sustainable solution for the group. That's going to produce a result that ultimately I care more about. Hey, we're actually going to be successful together rather than me getting my preference about what color we paint things. <laughs> yeah. So I think really the theme of today's is tease out individual preferences and community direction and make sure that there's space for both. Typically individual preference first, because it's not just individual preference, it's individual impact. What is the decision going to mean? for each individual. And until you have shared that information in some form or fashion, which might be through polls and it might be through discussion, probably a combination thereof. But until you've shared that information, you don't really have any way to answer the, the ultimate question, which is what's going to be the best thing for our group to do. And so we're in that then group think, and it really does take a shift as a facilitator, you know, somebody in the room needs to say, okay, We've got all the individual impacts on the table. Do we have, you know, get that confirmation. Okay, so now we're all going to change our thinking and you may want to do something to get that shift to happen. Lots of possibilities, including just giving people time to, okay, now think and make a few notes about where you think things are coming from, from a community standpoint. But having made that shift, then really exploring what are we seeing in the data from individual impacts and preferences? that tells us where we need to go as a, as a group and what's going to meet the needs of the group or fulfill the mission or work best about this decision. And if we can do that, we'll actually end up with each individual likely won't get their favorite choice all the time, but they will get something that will work for them, even if it's a sacrifice, that it's a sacrifice they're willing to make because of their commitment to the goals of the group or to the, the health of the group for that matter. I think that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gibnig. And this has been Employing Differences. <laughs>